Welcome to the Real Life Podcast. Today you will hear a word which purpose is to introduce the kingdom, change generations, and create a Christian culture. So grab your Bible and prepare to be blessed by today's sermon. Matthew chapter 14. And we're going to look at... We're going to begin with verse 22. We're going to begin with verse 22, starting at Matthew chapter 14 and verse 22. And um, there's something that's been placed in my heart here with you guys. And um, I'm excited about it. I'm excited because it's so relevant. It's relevant to where we are. I have to remember I have to turn this mic with my head because if I turn my head, it's nothing. See? If I say, hello. I'm working on it, Rico. I'm working on it. Immediately, Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side while he sent the multitudes away. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. Now, when evening came, he was alone, but the boat was now in the middle of the sea, tossed by the waves, for the wind was contrary. Now, in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, it is a ghost. And they cried out for fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I, do not be afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. He said, Come. And when Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. And when he saw that the wind was boisterous, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him and said to him, O you of little faith, why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased. That's it. Thank you, God. Amen. Today we're going to make a positive or faith declaration. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm about to make a faith declaration. We're about to make a faith declaration. What is a declaration? What does it mean to declare? To declare is to say something in a strong and confident way. So when you declare something, you don't say it wimpy. You say it with force. You say it as if you believe it to be true. It is also to make known formally, officially, or explicitly. Now, I needed to know what explicit meant. So I looked it up and I found out it explicitly means very clear and complete. That means when we get done saying what we're saying, we're clear on it and we're done talking. Amen. You don't have anything. Listen, it's going to be so clear until you're not going to have to give any explanation. Jesus, leaving no doubt about the meaning. We're about to make a faith declaration. 
Are you ready to declare? We do it every Sunday. I am the blessed of God. That's what we do. But we're about to make a different declaration today. Are you ready? The topic for today's sermon is a declaration. And it is simply, I won't be distracted. So everybody say it with me. I won't be distracted. I don't believe you. I don't believe you. Say it like you mean it. Great, Caesar's ghost. You said that thing, man. I won't be distracted. The, the announcement is for you. So announce to yourself and announce to everything in you. I won't be distracted. See what I was telling you? We are in the month of March now. Six days in. Some two months ago, we stood on this stage and everybody in here was in agreement to the point where we lit it up in front of us. And we said that we were transcending. And as it is with anything, When you get to a certain point, there's always something that comes to fight against your forward movement. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And and before we get to June, I wanted us to get our heads right. Because it seemed like always when you get in the middle. The most foolishness seems to kick up. Not that there's not already been stuff, but it seems to intensify when you get halfway there. Jesus tells the disciples, I'm I'm halfway through the sermon. Jesus tells the disciples, I want you to get into the boat and go to the other side. And when they get in the middle of the sea. The storm rises up and a contrary wind comes up against them. Listen, a wind that works against them, not for them. Now, last two weeks ago, a man of God came and prophesied the kingdom life that a tailwind was coming up behind them and that they were going to arrive at their destination faster than they had a plan. But you got to know that even with tailwinds, there are contrary winds that come to stop the people of God from arriving at their destination. And I came to tell you today that the wind is only a distraction. The wind of your finances, the wind of the issues on your job, the wind of the bodily sicknesses and issues are only a distraction. The enemy is trying to get you to take your eyes off of the prize and to get you to lose your focus on the fact that you are transcending. But the next time the wind blows, you need to stand up boldly with both feet planted on the word of God and say, I am transcending. 
Look at your neighbors. I know where I'm going. The devil must be crazy. I know where I'm headed. I know where my destiny is. I know what God's plan for me is. And this year, it is for me to transcend. It is for me to go beyond. It is for me to go above everything the enemy places in my way. I shall be the first one in my family to be debt free. I shall be healed and whole in my mind, body, and my soul. Everything God promised me is going to come to pass this year I believe it and I'm going to keep on moving until I get there so while Jesus is praying they're in a struggle while Jesus is off alone by himself like he always does they're in the midst of a struggle they're fighting against a contrary wind a wind a wind that seems to want to stop them from making it to their destination those winds always blow and Jesus notices that they're halfway and he starts walking to them on the water. I love this part. He's walking to them while they're in the midst of the storm. He's on the way. And when he gets there, when he gets there now, watch this. When he gets there, um, they see him and they're afraid because they think that he is a ghost. So they cry out for fear. Because they believe that Jesus is a ghost. They've never seen anybody walk on the water before. This is new to them. Don't, don't be hard on them because they've never seen anybody do what Jesus is currently doing. And it's somehow we can look over our glasses at the disciples and act like we wouldn't be scared if we saw somebody walking on the water. They'd never seen a miracle quite like this, although he had just fed 5,000 with the fish in the loaves. This was a miracle on another level. Here... He comes walking on the water and they're rowing, trying to get to the other side, fighting against a contrary wind. And he walks up and they cry out for fear. And he says, don't be scared. He says, listen, he said, it is I. All of the original text says it is I am. He's telling them who it is that they're looking at. And he says, be of good cheer. I like this. They're scared. And the first thing he says is, be of good cheer. But I'm in a storm. So, so then the antidote to my fear is cheer. He asked them to do something by faith. To be of good cheer. Then he says, it is I. Then he says, do not be afraid. So here's where we get to the meat of the text. Are you ready? Peter says, okay, Jesus, if it's you, bid me to come to you on the water. If it's you. Now, here's what I want. I want to talk about something for a moment. I want to talk about feelings versus invitation. Because Peter felt like he was led to walk on water. But he didn't leave the boat until he had an invitation. Many of us have a struggle between feelings and a word. Some of us have launched into something because of how we felt or we left something because of how we felt, but we didn't have a word from God. Somebody reach over to your neighbor and say, don't move on a feeling. Wait until you get an invitation. Because you might be feeling sicker than people on your job, but it ain't, it's not time to leave yet. Uh, I need about two or three people to shout, help me, Jesus. Help. You might be sick and tired of them jokers and their foolishness, but until you get an invitation, it won't be blessed. 
I feel like I need to launch this business. I feel like I need to get married. I feel like I need to go do this thing here. But until you receive an invitation, you own your own. Because what you're trying to do is going to take a strength that's greater than yours. And so you need him to say, come. So, so Peter says, can I come? If it's you, bid me tell you tell me to come. That needs to be our prayer. That needs to be our prayer. Lord, before I do this thing, I'm going to need you to tell me to come. Because if you don't want me to step out of this boat, I'm going to stay right here. I'm not going because somebody talking in my ear. I'm not going because somebody said I have the anointing. I'm not going because somebody says I look like a bishop. I'm not going because somebody tells me that they love me. I will not leave this boat until you tell me it's time. Because I know it's time. I know it's time based on your word, not on my feelings. Because sometimes it's time, Tony, when you don't feel like it. And sometimes it's not time when you feel like it. Well, bless God, I feel like everything lining up. I feel, oh, I feel it in my Holy Ghost. I feel, I feel, I feel, I feel. No, you don't move based on a feeling. You move based on an invitation. He said, Jesus, invite me to come to you on the water. Invite me to come to you. There's something called right motives. A motive, a motive. What's a motive? A, a right motive. A motive. I wrote it down in my Bible. A motive is a reason for doing something. You got to have right reasons. Mm. There's some good stuff we want to do, but we want to do it for the wrong reason. There's a scripture that says you, uh, you have not because you ask not. And, and he says, listen, he says, I don't want to stop there because some of you are going to say, well, I asked. And he said, well, the reason you don't have it is because you asked amiss. You ask what selfish motive, selfish reason. See, Peter didn't say, let me walk on the water so I can be like you. Let me walk on the water like I'm, so I'm better than the disciples. Let me walk on the water so that I can have something to add to my resume. He said, Jesus, the only reason I want to come out there is because I want to be where you are. That's all I want. I, I don't, I don't want, I don't want to be famous. I'm not looking to be rich. I'm not, no, that's not my motivation, God. My motivation is you. I just want to do your will. And if you make me rich in the process, I ain't going to trip. Don't you know that some of the best things happen for people when they're not looking for it? So what does Jesus say? Come. I like that because right motives. He's able to sense what the motives of Peter is. And he's able to say, okay, you want to come to me. Now listen to what he says. Listen, listen very clearly to what Peter says. He says, Jesus bid me to come to you on the water. The only reason I want to walk on water is because it's the only thing between me and you. I want to be with you so bad. I want to do something impossible. Now keep in mind, keep in mind, they're in a storm. 
Now, I don't know about you, but if I'm stepping out of the boat, Elder Smith, I want the water to be smooth as glass. Ain't nobody talking to me. I need the honest people to say, yes, Lord. If I'm going to step out of this boat, come on here. The water need to be smooth as glass, but in a storm. We already said the winds were contrary. So he wants to get out. Listen, he wants to step out of the boat, even though the time ain't right. So Jesus doesn't say, wait until the wind stops. Jesus said, come. Some of y'all, some of y'all waiting on the storm to stop. He's saying, come. But you're letting your feelings. Some of y'all already got a word. You praying over it. You praying and fasting and the Lord said, I said, come. But, you, but the wind blowing and all of that. But it was blowing when you asked me. So he gets out of the boat, right? Gets out of the boat. Steps. The scripture says he steps down. So he steps. You got to see this thing now. Out of the boat. Now, you you got to know what kind of faith it takes. No. It's faith to just ask. Don't nobody in here talk bad about Peter. Because if you ain't asking big. See, you got all oh, tap your neighbor and say, ask big. You better quit with them little teenage, little small record. Ask big. He's a big God. You always talk about my God so big, so strong, so mighty. Then ask like it. Peter asked, he said, let, let, Jesus, can I come out there with you? And Jesus said, come. And, and think about it. Now his faith going to another level because, because listen, he's not going on a feeling. He's going on a word. He steps out of the boat. Y'all with me? And he's walking. He's doing it. Can you imagine that if you step out of the boat and your foot just on top of the water, your faith, you snatch the other foot out. Come on, you you don't Sam, you don't come out all timid. You you like, oh y'all, 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 talk, talk. you got cause see you working on something. See, you 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 working on something, you had a feeling, and then you asked, and then you got a word of invitation, and so your faith is now on high, so you step out and you realize this thing is working. Y'all looking at me like you never stepped out on faith and was surprised when that thing. I knew he could do it, but my God. You looking around, I mean water everywhere and you. So he starts making his move. Toward Jesus. But somewhere, y'all, with me, he starts seeing the wind and the waves that pre existed. 
somebody say they pre-existed. Meaning what you're facing is not new. It's been there all the time. But now when you get in the middle of your miracle, now you're noticing stuff that you were ignoring when you had a proper focus. When you stepped out of the boat, you had right intentions, you had right motives, you had right focus, but in the middle of your miracle, somehow you allowed yourself to become distracted. Now, what does it mean to be distracted? It means unable to concentrate, unable to focus. It means mentally confused or or, 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 or trouble. See, what happens when, when, when you start noticing Sherry the stuff is you start questioning whether or not you're supposed to be out there. Did I miss God? Did I hear God? See, you believe that you were healed. You believe. But then a symptom came. And, and somebody say it ain't nothing but a distraction. Because what the enemy wants to do is to get your mind on the symptom rather than the source of your healing. You with me? So, so he starts looking at the elements, but they were pre-existent. They had already been there. He stepped out in a storm. But now for some reason when he gets out there and he's doing this incredible thing, he starts noticing the stuff that he did not notice when he was looking at Jesus. The enemy, Pastor Leslie, wants to distract us. He wants to distract us. We stood up on New Year's Eve and we said we are transcending. And every day since then, we've been saying we are transcending. And the enemy has been sending stuff our way to steal our focus. We know that this is the word of the Lord for us. We've been watching TV and we hear other preachers say transcend. We've been listening to the radio and we hear preachers say transcend. We were sitting in our men's class on yesterday and Kenny Luck said transcend. Everywhere you turn, you hear the word. Everywhere you turn, you see the word. And it's God's way of telling you that you're on the right track. And when you start making your move towards your destiny the enemy raises up stuff that you've already seen before to get your mind off of where you're going but tell your neighbor I won't be distracted I I don't care what the devil brings my way I won't be distracted God gave me this job God gave me this house God gave me this vision and I declare that no devil in hell is going to stop me from getting to where God wants me to be touch your neighbor and say I won't be distracted no you got to mean it I won't be I won't be because I come too far I'm too deep in this thing right now. You should have messed with me when I was still in the boat. But you done messed up and let me get out of here. You done messed up and let me walk on some water. I will not be. Somebody say, I won't be. I want to. 
made too many faith confessions read too many scriptures prayed too many prayers missed too many meals oh devil you must be crazy if you're gonna stop me at my halfway point i can see where i'm headed and i refuse to let you distract me you mean to tell me i've been celibate for a whole year You're going to come up in here looking good, smelling good, and think that's going to trip me up. No, the devil is a lie. I come too far to be distracted. Next time you call me, instead of your name coming up, the word distraction is going to come up on my screen. And when I see that it's a distraction, I'm just going to deny that call. Click. I can't talk to you. Why won't you answer the phone? Because that's a distraction calling me. Woo! And God told me to wait until the right man comes. God told me to wait until the right woman comes. And you're going to mess me up. Somebody say, I won't be distracted. Distractions come in so many forms, shapes, and sizes, so many ways. Sometimes it's money. Sometimes it's too much money. Sometimes it's not enough money. Sometimes it's a good job. Sometimes it's a bad job. Sometimes it's a good marriage. Sometimes it's a bad marriage. But you got to remember that no matter where it is, no matter where you stand in the balance of life, that you got to keep your eyes focused. Because the moment he takes his eyes off Jesus, the moment he starts putting his focus on the storm instead of on the one that he was headed to in the first place, he starts looking at all of that. He starts to sink. He starts to sink. Somebody say sink. He's distracted now. See, distra- I was supposed to tell you what distract means. Distract means it, it's something is drawing or directing your attention to a different object or in different directions at the same time. So you can still see Jesus, but he's not your focus. You can see him. I mean, you come to church and you can feel him. (laughs) Y'all don't want to. Come on, let's have some church in here. Because I ain't got about five more minutes and I'm about to shout myself out of this thing. You come to church and you can feel him. You come to Bible study and you get a word and you feel better. You hear a song and it makes you lift your hand. I mean, you still see him, but he's not your focus. You're still looking at the bill, then you look at him. You look at the doctor report, then you look at him. You look at the failure, then you look at him. And he says, I need you to take your eyes off all of that stuff because you're not able to be focused you're looking at everything around you but you're not looking at me do you remember what you looked at when you stepped out of the boat do you remember what you felt when you stepped out of the boat now you let all this stuff mess your head up but somebody grab your neighbor and tell them don't be distracted oh oh somebody say don't be Oh, God. Oh, God, help me here. Somebody say, I can't get distracted. 
I can't get distracted. I got generations counting on me. I got grandchildren. I got great grandchildren. Great great grandchildren who going to step up on my shoulders of faith. And I can't let my head get messed up because life got tricky. Life been tricky. Life been crazy. People been mean. Some people been jealous of you. Why you going to let that stop you now? You know they didn't never like you in the first place. Why you upset about something they said about you? Get your head screwed on tight and believe the word of the Lord. Whose report are you going to believe? Somebody say, I believe. The report of the Lord. He told me I could walk. He told me I could do this. He had confidence that I would do it for him. And now I'm letting this stuff get to me. See, so many times, so many times we're doing a good thing and we're doing it for the right reason. But then stuff comes up and it distracts us and we start questioning whether or not we're still supposed to be doing this. But when you started it, you knew you were certain nobody could keep you from stepping out of the boat. But because life does what life does and storms come because storms come, you allowed that to make you question whether or not you're supposed to be out there. So what I like about Jesus is when he says, save me, Jesus saves him. Now, he said it when he was beginning to sing. See, many of us think that he had already sunk, but he hadn't sunk yet. So when he felt that his foot was going under the water instead of going on top of the water. He noticed that something was wrong. See, you can't wait until you're sunk to call his name. You got to call him when you notice something changed. This, this, this ain't working the way it used to work. The moment you realize that it ain't working the way it used to work, you need to say, Jesus. Somebody need to shout Jesus right now. Come on. Shout. Because you realize, you realize right now that it ain't working the way it used to work. Come on. I need some real people to stand up on your feet. I need some real saints to stand up. Come on. Come on. We're going to get through this thing today. We're going to be delivered right now. Oh, God. It's not working like it once worked. It's not as smooth as it used to be. I don't understand why the wind is having so much of an impact on me. When one time it didn't even bother me. What's going on with me? Oh, I must have lost my focus. Jesus! Because I need to get my focus back. I need to get my mind straight. And if I don't call him, he won't. I wish I had a witness here. Because Jesus, watch it. Jesus didn't move toward him until he called Jesus stood where he was. waiting on him to get there do you think that Jesus didn't see him begin to sink he saw him sinking but he stood right where he was and then he says Jesus and when he cried Jesus that moved him and he moved toward him Maurice and he grabs him by his hand 
He pulls him up. And he takes him back to the boat. And apostle, when they get in the boat, the most miraculous thing happens. The storm stops. It gets quiet. Isn't it something? How after distraction works, it gets quiet. You know how you wasted a whole week worth of sleep worrying about something? We're going to get free here today. You know how you wasted a whole week worth of, worth, worth of sleep and, and you couldn't eat and, and, and your stomach was all knotted up because you were worried about stuff because the storm was brewing but, 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 but then Elder Smith, nothing happened the way you feared. And it seemed like every time it turned out better than fear told you it would turn out, it gets quiet. And I said, Lord, Lord, why did it get quiet? Why did it get quiet? Why, why, was it, why did the storm stop once we got in the boat? And he says, because I need to speak to Peter. Peter, your faith it's too small, son. If you can believe me to step out of the boat, you should be able to believe me to get all the way to me. And then he says, listen, why did you doubt? See, it's not rhetorical. It's so Peter can think about it. See, the, the, the thing that made him doubt was he became so consumed with what was going on around him, he took his eyes off of his focus. But the, the other thing that the Lord revealed to me was this. Sometimes when you're doing something this miraculous, you think about it too much. He, he realized what he was actually doing. And his mind said, this is not possible. So he had a conflict of faith in the middle of a miracle. You ever had a conflict of faith? When you were doing something that people told you you couldn't do? You were in the middle of doing it? And you have a conflict of faith. And he says, why did you doubt? And I like the NLT. It says, why did you doubt me? Why'd you take your faith off me and put it in the storm? I'm, I, it's time for me to quit. Here's the thing. Thank you, Holy Spirit. <laughs> Peter. He was like, Peter, you were doing it. No, no, hear me. You were doing it. Peter, you were walking on water. You were doing it. Why in the middle of doing it would you lose your faith? Can I say something to you? You were doing it. Last year we said we were going to the next level. You were on your way. And then stuff. 
started happening. You were on your way. Come on, how many of y'all confess? Yeah, I was on my way. And while I was making my way to the next level, some stuff happened. You have to make the declaration this year. I won't be distracted. I have to remember my goal. And that's to get to Jesus. I need to be where he is. No, it's not just something I want. I have to be. I have to make my destiny. I, I have to arrive there. And I can't let the stuff distract me. I can see that it's there. But I have to keep my focus on Christ. You, you're already out there. And I'm going to tell you something. You have walked too far away from the boat to start allowing life to throw you off now. So this declaration must be your declaration. I won't be distracted. God promised me that I have a blessed marriage. That little spat we had last night, not going to distract me. God promised me I'd be blessed in my finances. I'm not going to let this bill distract me. You with me? God gave me this job. I got here by a miracle. And I was allowing these foolish people to make me not like the job that I got by miracle. No, uh-uh. Uh-uh, no, uh-uh. Oh, absolutely not. Y'all better learn how to talk to yourself. Uh-uh, no, uh-uh, not, uh-uh, not today. Not today, uh-uh, not today. No, no, not today. Uh-uh, no, uh-uh, no, 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 no. I read that scripture this morning that says rejoice in the Lord always and again I say rejoice and now you're trying to remind me about my troubles and my struggles now you're trying to mess me up and call me to come into depression you better say oh no depression not today you can't have my mind you can't mess up my week oh no I'm going to fix me some grits and some eggs and some toast with some grape jelly and I'm going to have a glass of orange juice and I'm going to sit down and eat because the table of the Lord is spread and the feast and I'm going to tell you right now I ain't going to let nothing stop me from eating he blessed me this good I'm going all the way here's what I want to tell you here's what I want to tell you 
you're already a miracle. Now all you need to do is just keep believing. And don't give in. Don't give in to those emotions. Those feelings. You got an invitation. (laughs) See, if somebody invite me to a party, it don't matter how the people who didn't invite me treat me. See, we say stuff like, I didn't feel welcome. Forget them. They didn't invite you. I shouldn't say stuff like that. I'm sorry. That don't sound pastor-like. That, that, that didn't sound too Christian. I'm, y'all help me. Pray for your pastor here. Keep him lifted. That's real, son. I mean, if you didn't invite me to the party... What do I care about how you feel about me being here? So what I want to say is that Satan didn't invite you to the party. So why are you so hung up on what he trying to do? No, 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 no. Somebody stand with me. Come on, we're done. Stand with me and say, I won't be distracted. I won't be distracted not now not tomorrow not next week not next month not next year I won't be distracted that's the word of the Lord Father in heaven thank you thank you Lord thank you for your word thank you for the season in which you gave it Because you knew that it was needed. You sent it. You knew that right now, this day, that we needed this word. You sent it just in time. Before some of us started to give up or to back up. Starting to question whether or not this was what you wanted. This was the time. And we're so grateful for it. Thank you, God, that you even, I mean, just thank you. Because you know what you're doing. (laughs) Hallelujah. You've already done so many amazing things. This has been an amazing year thus far. And we know that that's going to continue. We refuse to give up. We refuse to quit. We refuse to back down. We will not be distracted. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us for the word today. We pray that it has been a blessing to your life. We invite you to join us in worship on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. We are located at 841 Crossgate Road in Port Wentworth, Georgia, 31407. We hope to see you soon.